All of you podcasters out there, how's everybody doing? This is episode 22 of Shine Brighter with Liz, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Danielle Pujadas. And for season two of Shine Brighter with Liz, if you guys are just joining us, it is all about me interviewing people that I find as lighthouses in the world, light sources, people that I find inspiring. And I want to share these awesome conversations of these inspiring people with you guys. For episode 22, I'm so excited to bring to you my guest today. Kaylee Nicole is a social influencer and creative entrepreneur based in St. Petersburg, Florida. With over four years of experience in social media marketing, known for her dorky personality, love for Jesus, and ability to always keep it real. She's passionate about helping other women monetize their passions and leverage their digital influence. While she finishes up her bachelor's degree in marketing and international business, you can find her at Kaylee Nicole. Spilling all of her business secrets and helping creatives curate business strategies they can implement immediately through actionable steps. This is my conversation with Kaylee and Nicole. All right, we are recording. I wanted to first off say thank you so much for saying yes to being on my podcast. This is actually our first conversation we've ever had. <laughs> yes, of course. I'm so pumped. Yeah, I mean, I met you through social media. You're such a light on social media. and. Oh. For Shine Brighter with this, I really wanted to interview people that I find that are lighthouses, that are constantly sharing positive vibes, and you're that. So I was like, I'm oh, girl, on my podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored when you reached out to me. I was like, uh, yes, duh, I would love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. So let's dive right into it. So let's start from the beginning. What were you like as a child? What did you want to be? And what has your journey been from the beginning of time to where you are right now? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of funny. I, as a child, I was actually very entrepreneurial, but I didn't realize that's what it was called at the time. So I was always like, I lived on a golf course when I was growing up. I lived part-time like on a farm with my grandma and then part-time like on a golf course, we like moved and my family got a different job. So I was kind of all over the place as a kid, but I resonate more with the farm side. So <laughs> we'll go into that too. But when I was living on the golf course, I realized that a lot of the golfers would tee off and golf balls would actually land in our backyard. And so I would go out and I was like, you know what? These golfers, they keep asking, you know, where the golf balls are. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where they are because I started collecting them. And then I made this whole booth where I had snacks, I had like chips and drinks and then the golf balls. So I would resell them their golf balls. And funny story, I actually met Tiger Woods when he was like way back, like when his prime, I know he just made a comeback, but when he's in his prime, like Tiger Woods came up because he was training for a tournament and I sold him like a Titleist Pro V1 golf ball. And I will never forget that day, but that's kind of like where I started. And I kind of knew I would become somewhat of an entrepreneur because my great grandfather who has now passed away, but we were really, really close when I was growing up. And he always told me, he's like, Hey, you're going to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I like that word. So sounds good. <laughs> but beyond that, even when I was kind of at the farm, I was always trying to make, you know, a quick buck here and there or help people out. And I always just loved to teach growing up. And that's recently where 
you know, I'm a business coach now for millennial woman. And that's, you know, really where that kind of started is I would, you know, invite my friends over and I would pretend to be this professor and I would like make lesson plans and worksheets. I was such a nerd. <laughs> so I would do that. And that's kind of, you know, where the teaching, I guess, started. And then my entrepreneurial at the golf course, you know, it kind of a weird background. But yeah, as a kid, I was just very, very, very dorky. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up because people didn't really know what I would like. They're like, hey, you're weird. You're just weird, you know? And in those middle school, high school days, high school got a little bit better, but middle school, <laughs> that's a story for a different day. Yikes, yikes, yikes. But I just didn't have a lot of friends. I was actually very much a tomboy. So now when people see my Instagram, they're like, you're so girly and feminine. And then I'm like, uh, actually, I'm basically like low key to like the core, a tomboy. I played every single sport imaginable growing up. I did flag football, soccer, track, cross country, volleyball, everything in between. And I always just really loved a challenge. And so I, there's a lot of different themes throughout, you know, when I was growing up, I loved a challenge. I was always very disciplined, very determined. And then when I actually got into college for my freshman year, we had to take a strengths finder test. And I highly suggest this to absolutely anybody, but you basically, it's like a $10 test. And you just like, if you Google strengths finder, you'll find it online. And I realized that my five strengths were learner, discipline, achiever, futuristic, and relater, which is literally everything you could possibly want to know about me. That's me because I am just very disciplined. I'm very driven. I'm very, you know, if I see a goal, I'm like, I'm going after it. Like, I don't care what else is happening around me. And I love to learn. I'm very, again, goal oriented. I like to always look in the future, look long term. And then relater, like, I have five friends and, like, that's it. Like, I don't need a bunch of friends. I got my five girls and we're super, super close. I know, like, everything about them. But those things, again, just pop up all throughout my life and have really kind of led me to where I'm at today. And then, also during my freshman year, I broke up with my psychopath ex-boyfriend. I was like, peace out, boy. Like, I don't have time for this anymore. So I left him and I was like, I'm going to start a blog because he didn't want me to start a blog. And I was like, I'm cutting my hair off and I'm starting a blog. So that's what I did. So I started a blog called KayleeAndNicole.com and that's what sparked basically where I'm at today because I kind of got into this blogger influencer industry and, you know, went from blogger to influencer and now full-time entrepreneur with like me also being a social influencer on the side because I still do a lot of brand work. But yeah, that's kind of like the shorted, fun, you know, synopsized version of kind of, you know, what led me to where I am today. But yeah, within the last six months of, you know, being kind of a business coach, I made this huge transition from, I was known as this influencer, always talking about fashion. All I did was work with brands and it just got really, really tiring for me. And it felt very unfulfilling. And so I realized my love of teaching through hosting events. And then also just when I was talking to other girls and they're asking me questions, like that just lit my soul up. And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to be doing this more often. So I was like, why not become a coach? You know, like, why not? I don't, here I'm just changing professions like every six minutes, but I decided to become a business coach and I absolutely, absolutely love it. But I just love that as an entrepreneur, I can kind of decide what I want to be and what I want to be doing. And I get bored easily. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, maybe tomorrow I'll be like an underwater basket weaver. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Absolutely. I, I totally feel you on that. And I think that the, what you were doing, like with working with brands and stuff like that, I could see how it can get mundane. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when you like look back and see like, oh, I have this passion to help, to teach, to, to share. Yeah. And I think it also comes down to also for me where it's like, I, I coach some actors in like the acting business. And when I first got into the industry, 
like, and I know you've shared this on your platforms where it's like, you start asking other people to kind of be mentors. Like, yeah, what is it that you did? Like, what did you do over here? How did you do this? And sometimes people kind of want to keep these things under wrap. Sometimes people kind of want to keep it as a secret. Like it's a big Mm -hmm. secret. No one wants to share. I hate hate it too. I hate that so much. And then sometimes people come up and then they're like, like you or other people (laughs) that are like, you know what? Hey, not a big secret. I'll share with you all of these tools. And I think that's what makes, you know, me or you or other people that are similar minded to us, these lighthouses that people are attracted to because you're penetrating this light, not afraid to share it. Because when you're keeping it all to you, it's like, oh, you're in darkness. You're like, oh, I don't want to share. It's like- Like nobody can know. It's, it's, you know, I hate that. I hate that. And I love that you brought that up too, because that was really what sparked the transition, not only me feeling unfulfilled in what I was doing of just being like this influencer is also that I felt like no one was talking or answering the questions I had. And if they did, it was very like, well, like maybe you do this or like you give me like a small, small tidbit of, you know, this full picture. And not that I'm coming to you, like I'll pay you, I'll pay you to know. But even then I was paying people for advice or mentorship. And I felt like I was still like, pulling things, like trying to like pulling teeth to get the answers I wanted to know. And so then when I hired my business coach and she's just been awesome, I was like, wait, okay, wait, I could also do this like in my industry. And so what I did was being an influencer, I've worked with like over a hundred brands made the majority of my income. You know, when I first started out in like this entrepreneurial industry through working with brands, I was like, why don't I teach girls how to work with brands because I feel like that's just so much more fulfilling. And then I still get to do what I you know, love, which is obviously working with brands too on the side, but it has been just such an amazing transition. And I've loved being able to kind of reveal like that underbelly of influencer marketing and brand partnerships and talking about things that no one talks about. Because even with my posts, people will notice too that my posts within the last couple of months have completely changed. Like my Instagram captions, so different. Like scroll back girl and look at some of these ones from a few months ago. They're so, so different. It was like, you know, here are my clothes and I love fashion. And like, what are you guys up to? You know, and that's fine. And that's some people's jam. And I'm not knocking on that by any means. But for me, I wanted to offer more substance. I wanted to offer more value to my audience. And also, again, talk a lot about the things people don't talk about. You know, like when people, I don't know if you've ever gotten the question, like, do people ask you like, hey, can I pick your brain? I'm like, I'm going to, I'm what, please, are you kidding me right now? I don't know if anybody's ever asked you, but like things like that, where, you know, even talking about like my business is my ministry. Cause what is it like being a Christian in entrepreneurship? So just the harder topics that people kind of like to keep on the DL that I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it. So. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on my podcast because I feel like I just, even just from seeing you and I think it's amazing what technology can do because I can just see from your posts, from your social media, from your stories that we're so alike and we have such similar passions. And I was like, I really want to have a conversation with this girl, especially when you did your whole post about like, you know, being a faith and also being an entrepreneur. I think a lot of people, and there's a lot of people I will say that are totally for it, but a lot of people, I think this just has to do with everything besides just faith. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't be rich and be humble. I can't be this and be that. Mm -hmm. It's like somehow it, 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 correlates with not being humble yeah. or things like that. Or you're not a Christian faith. If you think that these are the things that you want, if you're goal oriented, yeah. I don't think that it's said at all. At all. No. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Totally. I totally agree. And I had that conversation actually with some people in the church that I kind of grew up in where they were like, well, 
it's not really Christian. Like if you're trying to make all this money and I was like, well, my, my ideal long-term goal is to become a venture capitalist so I can bless other women in business that aren't getting that funding that they need because they have an incredible dream or idea. The only thing holding them back is they don't have the money to do that. I don't think that that should be the issue. Like that sucks, you know, and I've bootstrapped both of my businesses, both Kaylee and Nicole and gal getaway. And I know that struggle and I don't want people to go through that struggle if I can help them, you know, and support them. And so that's how I look at it. Like the, the Bible never, like the Bible actually has, so I don't even know the exact number. I, I did a study on it a while back, but it mentions, um, like more money, more so than it even mentions thinking, like talking about faith. And the people are like, oh, money's the root of all evil. And I'm like, no, like money is a vehicle that allows us to be a blessing to others. Like we're blessed to be a blessing. And so it's all about how you use that money. It's the same thing. Like sometimes I'll go out and like have a glass of wine with my friends, but that doesn't mean I'm like, you know, this awful, like unrighteous Christian and I'm a drunken, you know, it's like all about how you do, like where you're at, you know, like don't put yourself in bad scenarios. And you know, that just goes across the board. But I, I love to really disrupt the conversation on that because I got a lot of crap when I first started my business as a Christian, because they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to be a pastor. You need to be a worship leader. You need to be doing something like in-house ministry. And with what I do, it's marketplace ministry. And that's just as valuable. Like <laughs> I talk to so many people that are not Christians. Like we are called to be the light, like the lighthouse to the world. And you know, how can we do that if all we're doing is just staying in the church because that's what's safe and that's what's comfortable. Like, no, I'm trying to get out there. Like I know my faith I'm rooted in the Lord, you know, and there are some people that you know, maybe can't come from that same perspective because they're still learning like what their relationship with the Lord looks like. But you know, there've been so many things in my life, like Jesus is my everything. And I know where I'm coming from. And at the end of the day, my relationship with God is my relationship with God. Like you can't look at me and be like, Whoa, girl, you're doing, I can't, I don't know about this. Like, I just, I can't deal with yeah, that stuff, girl. Yeah, absolutely. No. And you hit on like two major big points that I was just like, yes. First off, <laughs> I agree with you a thousand percent. And first off, like there's this book, it's called, you are a badass at making money. Yes. I love that, that book. book. Yes. That so book, good. Jensen Chero, she hits it on the head so well. And she talks about how it's like, you know, if you, it's actually a mindset thing. And so it really is grow up. If you grow up as in a family where it's like, I grew up with poor, I'm just using this as an example. I grew up with a, with a, my mom and my dad fighting over money constantly mm -hmm. as a kid. I, this is what she says in the book for people that are listening. Um, I start associating money as evil because mom and dad fight yes. over money. Therefore, mm -hmm. your subconscious thinks, I don't want money because if I have money, me and my partner will fight. Yeah. It's all of these things that you incorporate from a childhood, all of these um, relationships that you have with money, and you should want to have a healthy relationship with money. I mean, totally. I've done so much work to say, okay, I want to have a healthy relationship with money and how you talked about you know, being able to give more, being, yeah. I've been blessed so I can be a blessing. Jen Chinchero talks about that. It's like, the more you have, the more you can give. And it's yeah. not about being greedy. It's like, I want, I want, I want. No, I'm saying, okay, I want to be able to be a blessing. And you want to talk about how you can do this in ministry. Mm -hmm. You can help church building. Like you can yeah. invest in giving back to the church, right? Isn't that what the church is all about is always tithing and giving to church and, you know, <laughs> yeah. giving 10% of what you make. Well, Hey, if I'm making a million dollars, 10% is going to look real nice in your church. Yes. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like, yep. the more I make and, and, and I'm helping people. And I yeah. love, love that you said this, that I'm, 
not just chilling in the church and associating with people that say that they're of the faith, but I'm also associating with everybody in the world because Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're not saying that you're better than anyone. You're not saying that because you have a relationship with God that you should only associate with people that have relationships with God. No, you should associate with all of his children. And somehow you might be that lighthouse. I might be like, oh my God, I'm going to start going to church because this is what it's doing for your life. And maybe I'm, I shouldn't be scared of going to church. I mean, that's how I first started going to church was mm-hmm. I had friends that still talked to me that were like, Hey, listen, maybe you should come to church with me one day. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I think that all of those points that you hit on were such good points and I'm so glad you hit on them. Yeah. Thanks girl. No, I totally agree. As you know, with that last part you said too, about, you know, being in this industry, it's not, not, most of the people that are in this industry are not Christians and that doesn't make me uncomfortable. It gets me fired up because now, you know, you and I have this opportunity to witness to other people and to be, you know, examples of what it's like to live a life of faith. And I've had that happen before where I have had my followers like, Hey, I just moved to the area. Like what church do you go to? And I'm like, here, this is the church I go to. Like, do you want to come with me? I'd love for you to come with me. So you don't feel like you have to go alone. And I don't want to be, I mean, and this is some people's cup of tea where every single post is about Jesus and everything's related back to Jesus. And that's great for me. That's not what it looks like, but I want to live my life in a way that is a reflection of Christ and make sure like my heart is aligned with heaven. And so how I treat people, the things that I say, how I act, what I'm up to is all a reflection of like, who God is to me. Like, you know, that's, that's the way that I want to live. And that's how I treat, you know, my business. But I totally, totally agree with you, girlfriend. And you say like your heart is in the right place. And so everything is rooted from your heart being in the right place. And like, for me, it's like, okay, my faith is my personal relationship, like personal relationship with my creator or, and it's in in a non-weird way. I just like meditate. I talk to him. I'm like, Hey God, what is going on? What am I (laughs) doing? That's wrong. I know I should have not maybe, you know, like I will literally be in situations where I could do something bad and I'll be like, you know what, God? You know what? I what know would Jesus do about this. <laughs> like I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I want to make sure that my heart's always in the right place. Like when I walk in New York, like I always make sure that my eyes are open. You know, like I see homeless yeah. people. I have conversations with them. I smile at them. I see somebody in need. Like I am a voice for people when yeah. something's happening. When I see chaos and no one's doing anything, I will be that person to stand up. I've always been that person to stand mm-hmm. up, and I think. Having my heart in the right place, going to church for me is really just a time to say, I need to have a moment with God. I love singing. I love being in that, yeah. in that, in that energy. It's so contagious. You feel mm-hmm. so great. And then I leave and I say, you know what? How can I continue to just keep being this, making sure that my heart is in the right place? And I love that you said that. How it's like, not every post has to be about God. Not everything. Because remembering that everybody has their own personal relationship and people mm-hmm. have triggers around relation like relationship with God or, or religion yeah. they have major triggers so it's being respectful and mindful and being like hey like you know for me with my with my brother um and I notice I talk about him a lot on my podcast but my <laughs> brother I we're very close and um we're only 18 months apart but you know growing up my dad was really into faith but my mom wasn't and so we kind of grew up in the sense where it was like we saw a lot of the hypocrisy that lived in my fat and dad side of the family, mm-hmm. where they could be very like conniving and very mean to you on the surface level, yeah. but then at the same time say that they were of faith. And so mm-hmm. for my brother and I growing up, we were very like, whoa, like 
you know, we didn't want to be a part of that. If it was going to be this conniving, like if you're not this, then you're that. Yeah. And so we were very against that. Now that I became a Christian and you really got really into my faith, my brother found it like not humorous, but he wanted to pick my brain because Mm -hmm. he's very like into Buddhism and, and he's open into other faiths. And he always tells me like, oh, well, if you believe in this, then are you saying that you're the one that's right and everyone else is wrong? And for Mm -hmm. me, I'm like, no. I don't believe that I'm right and everyone else is wrong. I believe that to each their own, whatever connects you to your source, hey, good for you. Mine just happens to be Christianity. If you're Jewish, if you're Muslim, if you're Buddhist, if you're into Hinduism, like good for you. I am, I am, I will have a conversation. I will pick your brain. Like, why do you connect yeah. to that? Wow, yeah. that's incredible. You know what? Maybe I should go to India. Maybe I should try yoga. Maybe I should try that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not against discovery. Who's to say I'm right and you're wrong, right? That's kind of been my thing. And so my brother picking my brain about it. But what I will say is that there's some core things that I have learned in my faith that have made my life so much better that yeah. I share it with people from a non-faith uh, place of just saying like, hey, lust will hold you back from love. So mm-hmm. try it out. Try not being so lustful. Try giving more. You yeah. don't have to tithe, but try giving to charity. Try service. It yeah. will really change your life. And these are things that faith have taught me. Try surrendering your life. Hey, it seems like you're really trying to hold on to the situation. Try surrendering it. And yeah. some people that are not in faith, they don't understand that terminology. But because I'm like, hey, let's have a conversation about this, um, these faith terms, then you're yeah. helping people understand faith in a secular level and a different kind of, yeah. Way, right. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, there are some things where I say, you know, even I messaged my friend the other day, she's one of the girls that's in my network to net worth group coaching program. And I know that she's not coming from a Christian background, but she was just going through like a really hard day. So I had two options. I could be like, Hey, I'm praying for you knowing she's not coming from that space. And, but what I actually said, I was like, Hey, I'm sending love and light your way but I was praying for her behind the scenes. And she knows that because she knows me and she's been working with me, but even saying things like that and just loving people. Like I just, I want to leave a legacy where I just loved on people, no matter who they are, no matter their backgrounds, because I'm not perfect. I am far from it just because I'm a Christian. Like I'm not trying to hide anything. That's why I love to be transparent and honest online because I want to show like, we don't, I don't, I hate it's, it's sad that it's true, but Christians can be so hypocritical. And even I can, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not because again, I'm not perfect. And that's something I feel like we all need to work on just as humans. And, you know, especially as Christians, because it can be a, um, absolutely not. You're totally wrong. Not even willing to hear what the other person has to say. And so my biggest thing is like, I just want to love people where they're at and, you know, just be a witness to them and, just through loving them and being there for them that they'll just know, Hey, okay, wait, there's something different about you, you know? And if they ask me that and they're kind of questioning like, where, where are you coming from? Like, you know, I haven't met someone like you before or whatever, then that's when I'll have the conversation. But I just never want to push my faith on someone because God doesn't push anything on us. Like that's why we have free will. Like he's not like you are going to be Christians or else. Like that's the whole point of the cross. Like he knew there were some people that were going to decide to not follow him. And then he knew that there were people that were, and he died for everybody, for every single person. And so who am I to be like, I can't even talk to you because we are not on the same wavelength. Like, yeah. who am I? You know, like, I just want to, I just want to love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love that you said that, that touching the point of like, he doesn't push that on you Yeah, because you're loving people the way that he loves you. Right. Like mm-hmm. he didn't, he didn't tell you, you have to go to church. You have to read your Bible. He tells you, come to me as you are. Come to yeah. me broken. You like, mm-hmm. and I come to him broken. I say, God, I'm not perfect. 
right? Like I'm flawed, very flawed every day, you know, and I am insecure (laughs) and I have pain and I have all of these things and I want to come to you as I am. And that's how I want people to come to me. And really something that's been so pressed on my heart is that he just wants us to love his children, right? Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like the heart of God is his people, right? He loves his kids. He loves his people. So I will never think that I'm better than anyone. Even when I acquire mass success, (laughs) you know, I will always still be so humble. And I tell my boyfriend all the time, I have had some friends that have acquired some great success and they've changed. And I tell them, I don't understand. Like we were neighbors, we were friends. Like Mm -hmm. how can you turn your back on me now that you've acquired success? I tell my partner all the time, I will never, I will never be. I see people from middle school. I will like look at me and like kind of like turn. And I was very popular growing up. Like I was a very popular girl. I was funny. I I, I was very just like everyone wanted to be my friend because I was funny. I was always cracking jokes. I was like just Uh like party. Everyone always wanted to be my friend. And I was nice to everyone. I wanted to be everyone's friend. I I Mm -hmm. talked to every person. And so when I see people like at a club or a party, I'll be like, oh, hey, how are you? I'll never forget on my birthday, there was a girl that I remember she wasn't that popular. And I was hanging and like at my birthday party, this was recently, like this birthday, all of my friends that I realized were really popular. They were all part of the popular crowd. She was like, oh, hi. And then something told me, I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe for her, she still thinks that we're popular and she's not. So I was mm-hmm. like, hey, come like say hi to all of us. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey guys, remember her? Like, remember? And then they're all like, oh yeah. Hey, how are you? And something in my heart was like, that was such a good thing to do was because you could have just made her day. Like, and I live for that. Like I live for making people feel yeah. seen and heard and, and felt like they're a part of something. I don't ever want to exclude anyone. So, so yeah, I love that we're going yeah. off. <laughs> First question. Yeah. We went on that for a long time, but Hey, here, here we are. <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying this. All right. Let's go on to the second question. What is the lesson that has taken you the longest to learn? Longest to learn. That's a good one. I think I had a lot of, I don't even know it's a lesson, but I had a lot of limiting beliefs in terms of money that just kind of growing up, I grew up and I didn't have a lot. And then my dad actually works for Disney and sells timeshares there. And so he does really, really well, but I didn't grow up with my dad. I grew up with my mom and it was kind of a paycheck to paycheck. And then her husband lost his job. And then we moved and it was like just a lot of turmoil in terms of money. And then I moved in with my dad and my dad has always, always been, and this is something I'm so grateful for is that you work hard for what you want. He's never, ever handed anything to me, but even just knowing like, how do you navigate like all these different things with money? I think another thing too, is that because I grew up and I wasn't popular and I was kind of like this weird misfit outcast kind of person that always hung with the guys because I was a tomboy and I didn't understand how to be friends with girls is my dad also told me growing up, he's like, you are a sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And it took me a long time to realize that because I thought I could just be friends with everybody and everything would be fine. And obviously like, I'm like you said, I'm like, I'm nice to everybody and I want everybody to feel seen and heard and like they're a part of something, but also just protecting my time and my energy and knowing that, you know, anytime I'm giving to people that just, it's not life giving or it's just so draining or like soul sucking. I was like, I just can't do this. And just understanding too, that 
life changes and life is seasonal. And you know, some friends that are friends with you for one season might not be there with you in the next season and that's okay. And it's usually not anything personal. It's just, you guys are going in different places and moving in different directions. So just even having to learn how to have like those confrontational conversations where I was like, listen, I love you so much and I support you, but we're just not going, you know, towards the same path. And that's nothing against you. And some people have taken it really well. And some girls have thought I was the worst person ever, but just me being, you know, I have to protect my time. And I know that I am a culmination of who I'm spending the most time with. And so just constantly being aware of that. I think those are the biggest things is just things with money and then just, you know, people I'm, I'm spending time with. Yeah, absolutely. And those are great things. And thank you for sharing that because I really want to make sure that people understand how important that is, like the five people you're hanging out with. Yeah. Making sure that they're on that wavelength with you because especially like for me, like I hang out with my partner, right? We live together. We, we, do, we do life together. And, you know, we have to make sure that we're both on that same wavelength. We got to be yeah. like, hey, if you're not doing personal development, like if I'm going to pick up a personal development book, I really hope you're also going to pick one up. If you don't like it, let's read it together. You know, we read sometimes personal development books together. Yeah. Because it's like, look, this book is going to change my life. We should probably read it together because I'm going to be on like two different levels if we don't, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. We're not going to grow together if we don't do this together. So let's do this together. So I, I think that's super important. So I'm super glad you touched on it. Let's ask you this. What are some of your best habits that you're proud of and that you think that if others did this, they can also benefit from it? Good question. So I think the biggest one for me as of recently is time blocking. So instead of me just going through my day and writing this to-do list and being like, oh my gosh, I have all these things to do and then getting overwhelmed and feeling like I have enough, I don't have enough time in the day to get things done because that was a huge, just something that was holding me back all the time is I started to block my days out literally hour by hour. So I'm like, okay, I wake up at seven o'clock. By 7.30, I'm in the gym. By 8.30, I'm home. By 9 o'clock, I've made myself breakfast. Between 9 and 9.30, maybe even 10, I'm getting ready for the day, depending on if I have to like actually get ready or be here like, you know, with no makeup. Depends on what I'm up to. And then, you know, I go day by day into what I'm going to be doing and just, you know, break it down by hour. And then like on Monday and Wednesdays, I'll focus on things for Gal Getaway. So my other company where I host events and workshops for female creatives and entrepreneurs, I'll really spend time on Mondays and Wednesdays doing that because it's not as big of a business as my personal brand of Kaylee and Nicole. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, I also have class at night. So I know I'm going to have less time. And if I have homework due, even less time. So I'll spend Gal Getaway, you know, doing tasks for that on Mondays and Wednesdays. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, when I have no class and my whole day is usually free, unless I have any kind, you know, interviews or meetings or things like that, then I'll be working exclusively on Kaylee and Nicole stuff. And then also adding in, now that I have my group coaching program, making sure I'm adding in time to create the content, build the resources, connect with the girls, you know, give them feedback on their homework, all that stuff. So just doing all of that, I think another thing is brain dumps. So every single time, I don't know if you've ever felt like there's just so much in my head, like I can't even keep track of everything. So what I'll do is I'll just start to write everything down. I call it a brain dump and every single possible thing that I'm thinking about, I'll put it on a piece of paper or in a Google doc if I like want to share it with my team or something just to lay out and then start to delegate tasks and activities to different days. So that way I don't feel so overwhelmed with like all these things. I'm like, okay, here are all the things. Okay. Actually I can do this task on Tuesday and this one I'll move on Friday. And so then I feel like I'm actually moving towards achieving those things and knocking them off of my brain dump or like to do list. 
And then in terms of to-do lists, cause I'm a very much like an organizational planner list kind of girl with my to-do list. I'll pick out three things every single day that are my priorities. So I don't do like, I have my brain dump. And if I get those three things done, I'll pull from my brain dump and pick up another task. But instead of having this to-do list of like 16 things, which I used to do and made me so overwhelmed, I'll pick three priorities out every single day and make sure like I get those three things done at least. And then I'll feel productive and can go to sleep at night being like, okay, this was a successful day. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's so funny. I'm <laughs> such a to-do list tasker. I love getting things done. The day has to feel like it was a successful day that I moved yes. towards something that I was productive. Yeah. I think that's super crucial. I love the brain dub thing. Gonna steal that. Yes, I do it. <laughs> writing long to-do lists. My boyfriend's really good at writing like long to-do lists for the week. Yeah. And he like puts like how many miles he's going to run and things like that. So I always love learning other people's tools to yeah. kind of grab from and say, I love Incorporate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just started this today. It's called the start today. Um, Ooh, I saw you post about that on your stories. Do you, yes. where'd you get that? Um, I actually got it online. I think you would love this. I think it was like yeah. $25. I recommend you get it. Okay. Um, her name is Rachel Hollis. Oh yes. I love Rachel Hollis. She's She's, awesome. She's also a coach. Yes. Um, She's doing life and business coaching right now for a really good price too. Not too bad. Oh Um, really? I mean like for a year, for a year worth of like life coaching, it's like 300 bucks. And then for a year of life coaching and business coaching for a year, I think it's like 800. I was like, what? Uh, BRB must sign up for that. I know. I saw that. And I was like, wow. So I'm really considering doing it. I really want to get her books. I haven't gotten them, but my coach actually recommended that I get this. So I did. Um, I started it today. She comes up with like a 10 year plan. She helps you like come up with a 10 year plan, like where you see yourself in 10 years. Yeah. And it was great because I sat down with myself and I literally looked at myself. I go, I'm like nervous. <laughs> think about where I would be in 10 years. Yeah. Scary. But then I told myself, we're going to do this, Liz. Okay. You would be 34. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Like, what would you like? What is the best beautiful picture of your life? And I wrote it down yeah. and then I shared it with my partner. And then it was great because it opened for conversation to see. Yeah. He didn't have a vision of one of the things that I did. So he was like, well, I don't really think that, you know, that's what I would want when we have kids. Like for him, like he would rather us be close to his family for when we have children. Yeah. I was like, I want to be in New York. I want to do this. And he's like, well, I don't want to be away from my mom when we have Yeah. Children. Yeah. So that doesn't align with my vision. So then that became a conversation. I was like, okay, well, we, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vision is so important. And yeah. I'm so glad that we were able to have the conversation because now we both go, okay, that is something that we know that is going to be a priority to us. I know as as your wife, your future wife one day, I want to make sure that we make that a priority. And I think that's so important. Like if you are in a relationship, even with yourself being like, this is what I want. But then if you have another person making sure that it's not like, well, this is what I want. And if you don't want what I want, then we can't be together. It's, it's about a mutual understanding of yeah. give, give and take, right? Totally. 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 So, yeah. agree with you, girl. And I need to check that, that book out. Yes. What's on your story. So I'm going to go over there. And- <laughs> yeah. It's called start today. And then, so it's like, what she does also is like 10 dreams I made happen. So this is like Ooh. you pull from the dreams that like, for example, I like I made, I have a million dollars in the bank account and this is yeah. like, you put it as if you already have accomplished. Yeah. It. So that's like, uh, 
uh, NLP goals. I literally lost my train of thought. Mm. So neuro-linguistic programming, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I'm super big on that. And it's basically where you train your subconscious. It's like what you do with like mindset, like with money and stuff. And you basically train your subconscious to believe as though the dream had already, you know, been made a reality. So when you write your goals, you write them as if it's a day. So I could write, oh, it's now November 1st, 2019. And I, you know, just had my first 100 K coming off my first 100 K month and you know, X, whatever, you know, time out that. And then saying like, I see, I hear, and I feel and answering those questions as if it's already happened. And so you're basically putting yourself in that scenario as if you've already achieved that goal. And so I love it. If you ever look up like NLP stuff, I, I go in like a freaking dark hole looking through that stuff. Cause it's super, super interesting. Oh my God. I just wrote that down. I just wrote that down. And it's funny because I had an episode with my friend, Mark, that he's a series regular on uh, High School Musicals, the musical, the series that's coming oh, wow. Disney Plus, which is going to be like the new Netflix. And like, uh-huh. it's going to be huge. And he's a part of like a big thing. And I'm really glad he was episode, I think he was 18. Yeah, he was episode <laughs> 18. Anyway, he's awesome. He's a really good friend of mine. And in ours, I asked him like, what is something that you're like one of your best habits? And he talked about saying this, he went to a conference and they talked to him about power script. And it's like you meditate for about 10 minutes. I think you do the same thing where it's like you kind of vision this best life of, your, life of yours. Yeah. You write down like everything that you saw, like, you know, mm-hmm. I see this, I see this, blah, blah, blah. And then you record yourself as in you've already accomplished these things in a very enthusiastic way. And you go like, I have a million dollars. I'm in a relationship with a girl that's smoking hot. He's this and she's that. I have an amazing body. And at the end of your power script, you're like, I feel great. Like enthusiastic. Yeah. What you do is you listen to it every day to kind of remind yourself of like, these are the things that I want. And I BRB going to do that after this, right? I told Mark, I was like, that's amazing. And it sounds cool because like even a day where it's like, oh, I have this task that I don't want to do. Well, Mm -hmm. let me pop on my power script, listen to it. And it's like, but I want to be a TV series regular. So maybe this audition is going to move me towards that TV series regular. Come on, Liz, this is, you know, get yourself into that mindset. This is what you want. So I think I'm like more optimistic and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about this. What is something that you wish people knew more about you? Oh man, this, oh, this one. I think a big one was that I was a tomboy. I think another thing, just because that really set the foundation for why I am the way I am, because it taught me just a lot about, I guess, not even like, oh, I was manly or something, but just really like discipline and drive in terms of like all the sports that I was playing. But even beyond that, I think that a lot of people who don't know my entire story of, you know, I lived with my mom and then her husband at the time. And then, you know, like my mom had me at 19, so she was super young. So what was that like growing up? And then, you know, just kind of bouncing around. And then my dad lived in Florida growing up. And then I moved with him when I was 14. And what was that like to move in with your dad when you're 14? And you, you know, he was always, always, always a part of my life and, you know, sent child support and was there for every birthday and all my sports games and things like that. But 
living with him is, was completely different. And so what did that relationship look like? And a lot of people also know me as, oh, I'm with my dad now because they see me, you know, and they, you know, know my family from church or whatever. And because my dad does well in his job, they think everything's handed to me or that I haven't worked hard. And that like breaks my heart because obviously, and I, I don't have time to like sit here, you know, with everybody and explain my entire life story of, you know, why I am the way I am or how I got to where I am today. But I just, I guess a big thing is that, you know, just having people understand, like I bootstrapped everything. I didn't have the support of my family really when I first started my business because I was a freshman in college and they were like, Hey, you just need to finish school. Like, you know, they love me and they wanted what's best for me, but they were like, this is going to take you totally off track. Like, we don't know where you're trying to take this long term." but I knew that God was calling me to the industry. So I was like, <laughs> uh, my family doesn't want me to do this, but like, I feel like God is calling me. Like, what do I do? You know, and me at 18, I was 17 actually, because I graduated a year early. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything right now, you know, I'm being thrown into, you know, this college and I'm supposed to be like this adult or whatever. So just understanding that, you know, a lot of what people see today is years and years of hard work. It's a lot of coaching. It's a lot of therapy and counseling and reworking a lot of my limiting beliefs and just working really freaking hard to get to where I am. Like a lot of Instagram and social media is the highlight reel and people see me doing things like podcast interviews and speaking at events. And they're like, Oh my gosh, Kaylee, I'm like, wow, your life is just so glam. And it's so, and I'm like, guys, you have no idea. Like there are things I deal with the behind the scenes. I don't post all of that stuff. Like I don't, you know, share absolutely everything. I try and be as authentic and transparent as I can. There are still some things that I go through that I just, I'm not personally ready to share because I'm walking through it in the moment, you know, or it's just, it's personal. And so just, I think that's the biggest thing is that yes, like my dad is doing well, but it doesn't mean like he never has never, like I have taken loans out of him, like with interest where I have to pay him interest, like, because he want he's always wanted to teach me like you work hard for what you want. And if you don't have it, then you, th that this is how credit works. Like girl, like, you know, let's get it together. You know, like, come on, Kay. And so, yeah, I've never been handed anything and, you know, congratulate to anybody that does have like inheritance or their family has helped them or they come from money. Like, that's great. You know, I really think it's all about just where you're coming from because I've met people that do, you know, kind of get those loans from their parents and they're awful people, honestly, <laughs> like just, you know, they don't care about other people. All they care about is money. And they're just like very greedy people. And then there are people that you would never know that they even got that loan. And then they completely repaid it back and they didn't just take it. And they're like, Oh, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I think that would definitely be the biggest thing that I've, I've worked very, very hard and I'm still working hard and I'll always be working hard because I always want to be learning and growing and just continually doing better. Absolutely. You got the spirit of excellence, right? Like you, you want to do great things. And I love yes. that so much. And that's awesome that your dad is such a great person in your life that really shows you that responsibility. It's important. And hopefully, like, I know you will, you do the same for your children, you know, you, for sure. you, you encourage them that. And for me, I never really had that with my family. I was very much that hard worker growing up where I say I would work, 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 work. And, you know, would have a little envelope in my, in my underwear drawer and I would save all <laughs> of my money, right. In my bra yeah. and underwear drawer, I would save like all of my money from being away. I mean, I started working when I was 15 because mm -hmm. I enjoyed making money. And similar yeah. to how I was like, I was always finding how can I make money? I, when I was even younger, before I can actually get a job, I saw an opportunity where my mom saw the lady, the cleaning lady. She was like messing up our furniture. She did not know how to clean. She was breaking our laundry machine. And I was like, <laughs> mom, how much are you paying this woman? She's like, I'm paying her a hundred dollars a week. I'm like, that's 400 bucks a month. I was like, I'll take the job. Yeah. 
I'll do it. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, you pay me a hundred. I'll clean the house. I'll do the laundry. I'll do all of it. Like chilling. I'll do it every Saturday. And I just always enjoyed making money. When I moved to Texas, I was, I think 15 was able to get a job at, or no 16. Yeah. I was able to get a job at like a local cafe thing. It was kind Mm -hmm. of like a mini waitress making money, saving it up. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started getting nice things. And then I became an actual waitress in in high school and because all of my friends were wearing really nice things because they had parents that had money and I was yeah. just like well I'm gonna work to have coach boots and a nice yeah. bag and have uh-huh. a fours watch because that was kind of what was in and I wanted to make sure I was paying my own phone I was buying my own like cute school supplies I was the mm-hmm. one doing those things for myself but it never came from a place of like oh my god I have to I enjoy working I still do like yeah. you know so I think it's just part of my essence so I love that you shared that and so yeah all right, let's go ahead and talk about what are some of your favorite tools, podcasts, books, anything that's really like shaped your life? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So many books, so many podcasts. In terms of books, some of my favorite classics are by the Jen Cicero. So you're a badass and you're a badass at making money. And then I love Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I also love anything from Dale Carnegie. So like how to stop worrying and start living, how to um, win friends and influence people. And then anything from Gary Vee. Gary Vee is like my jam. Love him. I just love how he keeps it real and he just doesn't care. <laughs> he just says whatever he wants to say. And I love that. Uh-huh. And in terms of podcasts, I really love um, NPRs, like How I Built This. I love Jenna Kutcher's podcast. That's like my favorite, the Gold Digger podcast. I'm trying to think of some other ones. I like don't know them all by name, but yeah. I know that there's one. Um, also, like Jules Solomon has one on pitching, and so that can be pretty good. And then there's one by Brittany Crystal. I can't remember the podcast name, but I like remember the people, but she has another good one. And she actually just did a really interesting interview with a pastor actually. And she's not coming from like a faith-based background, but just talking about his marketing and what it looks like in the church. And that was super, super, I'll just send you that because I feel like you would really like it too, but it was really eye-opening and just awesome to hear her perspective and her questions, like coming from a non-faith-based background of like what she was curious about, because I was like, oh my gosh, this verbiage that he's using is things like I could, you know, take and use when I, other people that aren't Christians are asking me this about being in the, the market and in the, in, the, in the industry. I like could not get that out in the industry. So I love those. And yeah, I read a ton. I have a Kindle. So that's been, I love having my Kindle because I can have so many books on there and kind of like go back and forth between books. And then I listen to podcasts anytime I'm driving or just in the morning. And then, um, I think just like the Bible, like I get up and I do my devotionals and I read the Bible every single morning. So that's been something that helps me just like really stay grounded and stay rooted and remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that it's, you know, for a purpose that's just so much bigger than myself. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I also wanted just to tap on this because I know that both of us have been coached and we're also coaches. So I want to talk about with you, like what was to share with the listeners, how has coaching like really changed your life? And then now that you're a coach, like what do you think that people should know about the power of coaching and why they should probably consider being coached? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I tell everybody they need some kind of coach or at least some kind of mentor in their life, because here's the thing. You can listen to podcasts. You can read books. You can get courses. You can read blog posts. You can just have a conversation with somebody, but with a coach, they are investing so much of their time and energy into a, like on a long-term basis. So as you're going through stuff, like they're right there with you. It's not, you have to now go search for it and then find all these different answers and all from all these different places and all these different people. You have somebody that is like rallying behind you through, you know, 
six months or a year or, you know, even further. And the fact that there's one-on-one support too. So I don't, the thing I don't like about courses and just, you know, blog posts and, you know, those kinds of things is that I can't just ask somebody a question. So like right now, if I am sitting on a call with you, I can be like, Hey, by the way, Liz, like I have a, I have a question about this. Like, can we talk about this? And so that's what I do with my coaches. I'm like, Hey, Karina, I'm curious about this. Or like, what's going on here? Do you have any feedback that you can give me instead of being like, Oh, sending an email or asking customer support. And I just feel like customer support isn't that great with courses. So I have like a very long kind of view on all of that. But with coaching, it's just awesome to have someone there that can support you and push you out of your freaking comfort zone. So for me with my coach, I was like, Oh, I'm doing okay. But I just hit this point. The reason I even hired a coach in general is because I hit this point where there are so many things I wanted to do and achieve. And I didn't know how to get there. And I didn't want to waste time because what I always like to say is you can always get more money, but you can never get more time. So I don't have time to waste. Like I don't, I don't, I just don't have time to waste. And so what I did is I hired my coach and she just helped me, you know, take the shortcut to get there faster because here I am learning from her last five plus years of experience when I've never been in the coaching industry at all or done freaking lead magnets or tripwires or sales pages or sales funnels or anything like that. I had no idea what I was doing, even with email marketing in general. And so just having all of her expertise, it's the same thing with me and my group coaching program is I'm like, yeah, you can go read a blog post. You can ask another influencer, you can buy a course and it's going to be a lot cheaper and a lot more affordable than doing coaching with me. But with me, you're not only getting access to this content and getting the results that I'm, you know, promising you on the sales page, but you're also getting like my eyes on your business for the next six weeks. And you're getting my last four years of experience. So it's not just, I'm just teaching you how to pitch. Like anybody can do that. Really look at, look up a blog post. Like you'll find all the information, but I'm teaching you in one solid like course, everything that you need to know. So you don't have to waste your time trying to figure it out. And then making all the mistakes that I did, you know, when I first started. And so that's what I love coaching. I'm very, very passionate about it. I think everyone should have a coach. I actually want to hire a couple different ones too, like later this year, like one that's specifically for money. And then I have one that's kind of like my overall life business coach. And then another one that's like a faith-based coach. So talking about like how you incorporate faith in your business even more in like a secular world, but also, you know, bringing Jesus into everything. So, you know, I am, I like to consider myself a serial investor. Like I'm, I spent over 50 K on my business last year and I was like, here's all my money, take all my money. But I really wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't made those investments because it just makes me get out of my comfort zone. And I say too, like when you invest, you become invested. So you're more likely to show up in a way you wouldn't have before when you know you're being held accountable. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I agree so much for me when I first started getting into being coached. So the company that I work for now, which is called Actors Fast Track, I, similar how we had talked about before, I knew that there was auditions happening in New York City for television and film, but I didn't know how to get into those rooms. And I Mm -hmm. felt like they're saying that there's so much happening in New York, but why do I only see EPAs? And EPAs is theater. So everybody's going out to these theater auditions, but where's the TV and film? And how do I get into those rooms? So I felt really frustrated. And so I had this woman, Valerie Hubbard, come into my life and she was pretty much like this coach on the business of acting and she calls it taking pretty much like a shortcut to your acting career. And what I didn't know about getting coached with her was that I would grow so incredibly fast. I really (laughs) just needed somebody to give me the information that I was searching for. It was like somebody unveiled everything and then I was like, oh, let's go. Like I Yes. And so that's actually how I ended up becoming a coach with her because I hired her for eight months 
And I became a coach for her within the six month period. I hadn't even finished my contract. I was still mm-hmm. being coached by the time that I was actually learning how to coach others, had to yeah. coach all of the coaches and then start coaching my own client. So I got my first client when I literally finished my contract as a client. And wow. what I learned most was, I remember my first call with my coach was, I didn't even know the industry. Like I didn't even know yeah. what a casting director was, what a director was. Like I knew about it, but nobody had ever taught me the business side of it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of actors don't know is that there's show business for a reason. Yes, it's all about the craft. And I do think that you should have a great product to sell. But at the same time, you also have to make sure that you understand business. You understand yeah. how to do business with people. Yeah. Who are your buyers? Who are your sellers? Like, mm-hmm. Who are the people that are going to get you into the place that you want to be? And so when I, hired, when I had first my first call with my coach and she talked to me like, Liz, like, I think you would be perfect for CW. And like this person casts for CW. And these are the agencies and these are the relationships that you should be cultivating I was like, I didn't even know what CW was. I didn't even know it was great for CW. I didn't yeah. know I didn't know what actors were my type. And so it opened my mind to this whole other world. And now I tell my partner, I'm like, you know, before I used to clench onto this idea. I was so scared of like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm gonna become a series regular. I didn't even know series regular was a term, right? Like I just yeah. you know, wanted to be on TV and film and maybe some theater. Like I didn't know what I wanted. And so what yeah. coaching for me really gave me was clarity. Yes. Where I'm yes. going. And then that accountability and then pushing out of my comfort zone. And so now I'm a coach and I still get to have conversations with the people that coached me. And so in turn, I'm still being coached because I have these conversations with them and they'll be like, Liz, what are you up to? We'll make sure you're doing this. We'll make sure you're doing this. And yeah. I still have a bonus call with my coach um, coming up this month. And I'm going to be like, okay, well, how can I strategize on making sure that every time I have an audition, I mean, every time I'm getting submitted by my refs, that these are converting into bookings. And so yeah. now I just did this whole like data thing with my, my, my rep sent me all of the things that I was sent out to all of these different offices. And I wasn't called into any of those offices, but I was called, there was 14 roles for one specific casting office and I didn't get called into it. So I'm like, okay, now I need to make sure that this person knows who I am because yeah, I was obviously submitted for 14 roles that I was perfect for. So he needs to know who I am because he's casting things I'm perfect for. So yeah. now I'm going yeah. to New York and I'm going to be doing a workshop with those top buyers of mine so I can get that FaceTime so I can create that relationship and be like, yeah. Hey, I was called into your office for 14 roles, submitted for 14 roles, and I didn't get a callback or I didn't, you didn't click me, which is fine because I know this is a relationship-based industry. So it's just like knowing that once you kind of get into business, like when I hear you talking about pitching to brands and all that stuff, I'm like, she's speaking my same language. And like Mm -hmm. my boyfriend's into advertisement. And like when he tells me everything, everybody in business is really speaking the same language. And so I think if anybody just invested in one, being coached on the specific thing that they're trying to do, find those mentors yeah. that are doing what you want to do and then learn business. Cause essentially mm-hmm. like no matter what I've always told myself, every single person right now is selling something. Even yes. the church is selling something. Everybody is selling something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So either sell or be sold to yep. regardless, either you're going to sell for yourself or you're going to go to work at Lululemon. You're going to sell someone else's pants or you're, gonna yeah. work at the- you're selling <laughs> yep. something essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. So pick what you want to sell. Yeah. Pick your sign. <laughs> you live in a monetary world. So you need to yes. make money. So either you're going to be selling groceries at a grocery store. So just find out what it is that you want to sell. Yeah. Totally agree, girl. Okay, girl. So let's go into this. What is advice you would give your younger self? 
oh, advice I would give my younger self would be stop caring so much about what other people think of you. And that's what held me back for so long in not saying the things I've been recently saying on Instagram because I've always been a people pleaser growing up with parents who aren't together. You just want to make everyone happy and you want to make them proud. And I saw that begin to translate in friendships and just people that I'm around or people that I would be, you know, in contact with or at events with or whatever, trying to make them like me. And I learned, I, I, have learned and I'm still learning how to move away from that and know that, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen this like cheesy Pinterest quote, but it's like, you could be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world, but there's still going to be people that don't like peaches. And so I can be the nicest, kindest, greatest, hilarious person ever. And people are still going to be put off because they think I'm too much. And so I've gotten that a lot. Like Kalia, you're just too much. And I'm like, well, I'm just not your cup of tea, you know, and just realizing that and not being offended by it or taking it personally. So just being like, you know what? It's fine. Like you can think what you want to think of me and that's your opinion. And that's how you feel. And I can't change that and not trying to change that. Yeah, absolutely. And totally like I feel you on that you know you're you're working on yourself to be a better person every day you want to be a light you want to be friendly you want to be likable I suffer from the same thing sometimes where I go into spaces and I'm super positive and I'm super happy yeah but I think sometimes people aren't at that space and it's hard for them because they see this person that walks in and is always glowy and always so happy and put together yeah and so they can create their own story I've had people be like oh you're you're too much or you're too friendly or I don't yeah. like when you put your hand on me like you're too touchy because I'm always yeah. like hey where are you like put people my hand on yeah. people's backs and they're like you're too touchy that's, that's the, I don't know where you are but I'm half Puerto Rican and I feel like that's the Spanish in us too yeah, where I'm like touching better. everybody <laughs> you talking with my hands and whatnot <laughs> but actually it's so funny because my I was a witch so I was a waitress at Yard House this is actually how I met my boyfriend mm-hmm. I was his waitress <gasps> and I, I always, every time I serve people, like I would always put my hand on their back, like, Hey, so what are you guys going to have today? Like, I'm very touchy. And apparently my boyfriend had told a joke to his friends that day saying like, Oh, if this girl like touches me one more time, like I'm going to take her out on a date or something like oh. that. Right? Like he's like, she's like, she wants me. Like she keeps touching my back. And I was like, I did not want you. I just did that to everybody. You're like, like you ain't special boy. What are you <laughs> You ain't nothing. I touch everybody. I'm just kidding. Everyone <laughs> has a hand on the back. <laughs> I know when I said that, I was like, I touch everybody. I was like, I didn't mean it like that. I just, you know, like, I'm just really friendly. and I'm like a hugger. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. All right. So what are you currently in the practice of? What are you working on for yourself? Yes. Mm, definitely still the people pleaser thing and being like, stop, Kaylee, stop caring about what other people think of you. And then I think beyond that, just really owning up to being a business coach. And so it can be really scary holding that title of like, yeah, I'm a business coach. And sometimes I'm even weird about saying that to strangers when they ask what I do. So just really owning up to that title and being confident that I do know what I'm talking about. Like I know what I'm doing because it can just be really intimidating in a space where There are people that have been doing it way longer or people that have way more, you know, knowledge than I do, but just taking every day, one day at a time and just continuing to learn behind the scenes so that I can pour into all of my clients as well. So those would probably be the two biggest things. (laughs) Love that so much. Who are your role models? Role models is Jesus one. Okay. <laughs> I think definitely my parents. So I have a very dynamic family because I have 
my biological mom and my biological dad. And then I have my stepmom who I'm also very, very, very close to. And then my stepdad. And so just that's a whole fun scenario, but really like my family, like my stepmom and my mom and my dad, they're really great role models and all for different reasons too. I mean, my mom is, she never finished college because she had had me. She gave up everything to raise me and take care of me. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And so now she is actually graduating on in May, on May 10th from nursing school. So she went back to become an RN. And so I'm so proud of her. And I'm like, can't wait because I get to go celebrate her at her graduation. And then I actually graduate college in August. And then she's going to come celebrate me. So it's like this cute little, like, I'm going to be crying so much with this whole full circle thing. You know, we're both graduating in the same year and you know, she gave up everything. And so it's just so cute. And then my dad has just always been, he's just always been very, very constant in my life. Like for as, as you know, even when I was a kid and he wasn't there all the time physically, cause he lived in a different state. He's always just constant, you know, in just who he was and just how he treated me and just how he took care of me, just always there for me, even though he wasn't always physically there. And then my stepmom too really led me to the Lord. And so she's just a role model, like a great role model, like spiritually and just helps guide me and just has so much wisdom. It's insane. And then also, I think that they're like in terms of role models in this industry, like I really look up to Jenna Kutcher for what she stands for, which is why I love her podcast and just all of her content, just because she went through so much, like she had her miscarriages and then now she had a baby. And even though I can't like resonate with that, cause I'm not, a, I'm not a mother planning to be one anytime soon. Okay. But just her story and just how she also relates everything back to her faith, but in a way that is digestible for people that aren't coming from a faith background. So I really love her. I do love Rachel Hollis. I didn't even know about her journal though. So I feel like a poser now. No, I just found out. I, I did a live today and I said her name wrong. So there you go. <laughs> it's okay, girl. It's okay. But I think those, I love them. And I also love, like there are some influencers like Chriselle Lynn and Julia Engel and uh, Christine Andrew. Like those are all, you know, again, growing, kind of coming from an influencer space they've always just been very constant people too, where no matter how many followers they got or how much more money they're making, they were just always the same person like year after year and always engaging with their audience. And I love that. But I would say all of those people for sure. Aww, I love that so much. <laughs> oh, this conversation is so good. All right. Yay. <laughs> into our word game. So our word game is simple. I just say a word to you and you talk to me. What does this word mean to you? And yes, you can okay. just talk about it. What does the word, what does the word light mean to you? Light. Oh, that's a good one. So I think when I see, I'm like word associations, like airy and just bright and vibrant. I think that for me being a light to other people comes a lot from me just having a joyful heart. So I think there's a huge difference between being happy because happiness is an emotion and it can be fleeting because you can be happy or sad. But if you have joy, that's, that's a foundational, um, just aspect of your life. Like you're just a joyful person. So just, you know, being happy or not being happy, being joyful, being joyful to people and just, you know, smiling and complimenting random people out, you know, just kind of being a light and obviously biblically like be the light of the world, be the light and the salt of the world, you know, but just bringing something different to the table that also has substance for me is light. Yes. I love that so much. Okay. What does the word stillness mean to you? Ooh, stillness, rest. So a lot of times, just with what I do, I'm always so busy being a full-time college student and running two businesses and like also trying to have a life and look cute and do everything else, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I have to actually schedule time in, like in my time block, I will schedule in 
all of my meals and I'll schedule in two breaks a day. So two 30 minute breaks a day to at least take an hour off every single day where I can just rest and I can, you know, read the word or I can read a book or I can go on a bike ride or hit the beach for a little bit or, you know, whatever, but just making sure that I'm being still and I'm not always going, going, going because I can be very guilty of being the busy bee and not slowing down. So just taking a breather, taking a step back and being still. Yeah, that's really important. I'm glad you talked about that. What does the word purpose mean to you? Purpose. So purpose for me is just the reason that I do what I'm doing because even when it gets hard or I don't want to do it or I feel like it stinks and I feel like I'm not making an impact. I know that this is so much, what I'm doing is so much bigger than myself and it's really to bring, you know, kingdom to earth and my purpose in that just lies in, you know, who I am in the Lord and just making sure that I'm showing up, you know, for my audience in a way that can also make them feel like they're making an impact and they're showing up. And, you know, I just, I feel like everyone in like Christian culture is like, what you, what's your calling? Like, what's your purpose? And it can become very like diluted of what does that even mean? But for me, purpose is like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Because we're not promised, like, you, you know, no one knows how long they're going to be here. Like we're not promised tomorrow. And so if something happened, you know, and you weren't here tomorrow, like what's that legacy that you're leaving behind? And so my purpose is rooted in the legacy that I want to leave and making sure that I'm showing up that is leaving like that, that legacy and like impression. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Let's talk about this. What does the word success mean to you? Success. Oh man, I love the term success because success for one person is not success for another person and everyone has such different meanings of what it is. For me, in terms of what success just looks like for me in my life, it looks like financial freedom. It looks like a like help, healthy and happy and beautiful loving children and having an amazing husband by my side that is supporting me. And it looks like a thriving business and a growing business and a business where I'm able to pour into my clients and into my audience. And looks like me being a venture capitalist and other things that are more material. Like I'd love to have a McLaren one day, you know, and live in a nice house on tons of land and have <laughs> a home yeah. I ride, you know, or, you know, have X amount of money in the bank and be in Forbes 30 and a 30 and write, you know, New York times bestsellers and things like that. So success is very, like, it is a, a wide range. It is like acres of land, never ending. Yes. <laughs> My farm talk coming in, That's but so it really is just, you know, in terms of not just materialistic things, but just again, in the life that I have and just where I'm at in life, because, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but you don't have a family or you don't have, you know, people in your corner or people that you can go grab a drink with or go grab brunch with or something. And so I feel like if you only have the materialistic things, like you're not really successful, like you're just successful in that one area. And so I want to make sure that my success is brought into a bunch of different areas in terms of like my family life and my personal life, like self-care, like, you know, am I a good person? Like if I feel like I'm successful, if I'm a good person and I'm, you know, doing things with good intentions and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of success for me. I love that. I love that. And I, and I really do think you need to start today because you know, <laughs> I need to go buy it. Yeah. Cause you have your 10 year, you have your 10 year plan there. I saw it. I, see, yeah. That's the futuristic strength coming out where I'm yeah. like, here's my, you know, 50 year plan, honestly. <laughs> and it's good to have that. It's good to have that vision for yourself. I mean, 
I, I know so many people that I'm like, what do you want? Like, yeah, like uh, I, I meet people and it's so funny. Like I'm the type of person that like, this is what I mean about bringing that light to everybody. I will be at the club and I will be telling people like, what are you doing, honey? Let's like, sit down. Let's have a talk. Yes. What are your dreams? What yeah. are your goals? Where are you trying to go? Like, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. I'm always doing that. All right. I totally realized I, I wanted to ask you this question and I didn't get to ask it to you. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you really fast. Um, so, you know, you're such a light. You're such a positive person. Oh, thanks, girl. A, a uppity and happy and, and bright <laughs> and, and silly and goofy and authentic and transparent and <laughs> a beautiful you. person. And I want to know, we all have darkness, right? We yeah. all have those dark moments. What do you do? when you're in darkness and yeah. obviously we don't, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that, especially as lighthouses. We want to make sure that we are being strong for other people. We want to make sure that we're, we're letting them know like, Hey, you know, you're going to get through this. So you have yeah. to be brave, but what does that darkness look like for you? And, and how do you, uh, how do you deal with it when you're in it? Yeah. So a big thing, and I've struggled with this all my life is I have generalized anxiety disorder. So I struggle with GAD. So I have that. And then I also have like just really bad test anxiety and things can just like with GAD, what happens is it's not like I'm anxious all the time, every single moment and I'm constantly fighting anxiety, but there's trigger points. And so something can happen. Like I fail a test and I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. Like what if I even pass this class? Like, am I going to graduate? And I go like this downward spiral so whenever I'm in a place like with anxiety or even just I'm dealing with things behind the scenes, like personal things with family, like my, my dad and my youngest brother have type one diabetes. And so my youngest brother was diagnosed like at the end of last year. And that was one of the hardest things that we're still walking through, but even dealing with that, like, how do I handle that is the first thing I'll do is I'll get off social media. So I don't want to see what everyone else is up to. I don't want to get sucked into this hole of looking at everyone's highlight reels and everything's so great for them. And no one's talking about, you know, what's really actually going on behind the scenes. So I'll get off there and just delete the apps off my phone so I can be present first and foremost. Another thing is I will spend a lot of time with my family or with my friends. So just being around people that I can talk to about it. Talking about it is a huge thing for me. I don't like to not say anything about it or keep it to myself because then I will bury it and then it will eventually come out one, you know, a time where I usually do not want it to come out or I'm not proud of, you know, the words I'm saying or how I'm reacting to certain people because it's something that I've buried inside of me that's, you know, coming from my heart. And so Doing, yeah, getting off social media, being around friends and family that are really close to me. I think also just spending a lot of time with myself too. So having that blend of I'm spending time with friends and family, knowing I have their support, knowing they're keeping me accountable to make sure I'm not staying in my room all day and staying in bed and like just being sad and having this, these pity parties. But then also having a blend of I, I do take time to reflect and just like meditate and do, you know, my journal prompts or, you know, pray and be in the word and, you know, go to church or be with like my church group or things like that. And so just, you know, making sure that you're in a place where you're not constantly being exposed like on social media to everyone's great, awesome pictures and trips and whatnot, where you're like, my life sucks right now. I do not want to see it. And so completely removing yourself from that situation deleting the apps off your phone so you don't even have the temptation to go look at everything that's going on and then just making sure that like you're not alone, that you are surrounding yourself with people, but that you take time to reflect too, just for self-care because I feel like I, if I spend too much time with people, I'm like, I personally recharge by being alone. So not being around people. I don't know if you're like that too. I'm but the same way. 
Yeah. So I recharge by being by myself. So just taking that time to have that reflection, those reflection moments, I'll sit on my balcony, I'll read for a little bit just to like be with myself and be confident with myself and being okay with also being by myself, you know, and not having to feel like I have to be around people 25 seven. But those are, those are probably the three major things that I do when I'm going through like a really tough time. Love that so much. All right. I want to say thank you so much yes. for taking the time. I mean, this was such a fun conversation. It was. Right? I had a blast. It was so <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for saying yes. Thank you so much for being a wonderful light source, for being so vulnerable, for sharing, for <laughs> all of that. Thank you so much. And okay. um, yes, I want to say thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, girl. I appreciate you having me. I had so much fun and just honored to be on here. So thank you for asking. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And the last thing is, where can the listeners find you if they feel compelled to want to reach out? Yes. So my Instagram is my name. So it's at Kaylee Nicole. So K-A-H-L-E-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-E. That's my personal Instagram. And I hang out most on there. If you search Kaylee Nicole on Facebook too, I have a Facebook group you can get into. And then my website is actually currently being completely redeveloped, but it's KayleeNicole.com. If you want to see like what my blog looks like right now before it gets this major overhaul and facelift. But those are the main places that I'm hanging out and where you can find me. Absolutely. And if people want to coach with you, how can they do that? So first and foremost, send me a DM because my website is like, I don't know what it's doing right now, <laughs> but shoot me a DM on Instagram or shoot me an email, which would be even better. I'll get back to you faster. And that's just Kalia at KaliaNicole.com. And I can let you know about upcoming programs that are coming out. But in the fall, I'll be releasing another round of Network to Net Worth. So if you're looking to work with brands, pitch to them, you know, deal with negotiations and contracts and pricing and all that fun stuff, then that will be a great program for you. It'll be six weeks long of working with yours truly. So stay tuned for that. But that's coming out. And then I'm also releasing a brand program as well. So very, very similar to Network to Net Worth, but from a brand perspective. So brands that are looking to do influencer outreach, but want some help and guidance in that area. That'll be actually coming out within the next couple of weeks. And then another round will open up in the fall too. You are such a lady boss. <laughs> Thanks girl. All right, girl. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And there you guys have it. I hope you enjoyed episode 22 with Kaylee and Nicole. Man, it was such a fun time recording with her. She really has this fun personality that's just contagious and makes you want to be dorky and just be yourself and yet she's so smart and that's what I love about her is that she's down to earth but she's also such a businesswoman, such a go-getter and she shares her tools which I feel like more people should be doing in the world is just sharing their tools with others to just be like hey this is all the knowledge I have because how sad would it be if you just never shared any of the things that you learned so the fact that she shares all of her tools, um, yeah, it's an amazing thing. So I hope you guys go ahead and reach out to her, follow her on Instagram. If you are an influencer or trying to get into influencing or just want to start working with brands or, you know, just like you like content creating and you're thinking maybe I can monetize this, go ahead and reach out to her. Maybe start coaching with her, guys. I know the value in coaching. I myself am a coach and get coached. So definitely implement some kind of coaching in your life it's definitely going to help you move to that next level out of your comfort zone so yeah guys i hope you have a beautiful and wonderful day if you did like this episode please go ahead and rate it and leave a little review for me so i can read it and feel happy and go ahead and share it with a friend there's nothing better than getting a podcast from a friend just be like hey this was an awesome episode on influencing or just anything that really touched you and share it with some people, I would really appreciate it. 
Till next time, guys, keep shining.